welcome to one of our new episodes uh, of Matt's Employment Law and HR podcast, uh, hopefully giving you all the latest in HR and employment law that's been happening over the uh, past few weeks. Now, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking about a right to disconnect from work. But before I do so, um, obviously, the whole issue of uh, having a right to disconnect from work reflects the the new ways in which we've been working over the past 18 months, how we are uh, working from home an awful lot more. And so the boundaries between the office and home have blurred even more than they had done previously. And of course, I mean, this has been an issue for quite some time because of course people have been taking their laptops, their iPads, and their, of course their mobile phones home with them and responds to emails and other requests out of hours. Uh, many employees feel obliged to do that, and of course that's what we're going to be talking about. But sort of as part of that today, um, I'm sat here recording this podcast, and uh, obviously I'm doing that from uh, from my home office, and I do have a cat which is loudly snoring in the background, um, and I don't feel that I can disturb him, but it could be that if you do hear a strange noise in the background, that that is it. I just thought I'd, I'd better explain that before we progress any further. Um, so anyway, going back to the subject of the right to disconnect from work. So obviously there's been a lot of talk about the right of employees to disconnect from work when it is outside of the normal hours of work. And the nature of the way that we've been doing work has been changing, as I said, in relation to the COVID pandemic. And some of us are in fact working from home for perhaps the first time uh, in our careers. And many employers who would never perhaps have supported working from home have had simply no choice but to embrace home working. And so as a consequence, many of us have been sitting in our children's bedrooms as makeshift studies or at kitchen tables whilst we go from one Zoom or Microsoft Teams call to another and another and another. And these remote working arrangements have resulted in under-occupied offices, substantially less water cooler moments as we chat and gossip and chew the fat with colleagues before and after meetings. But the other obvious impact, as I said, is the boundaries of work have changed. The nine to five thirty or similar is getting blurred. These boundaries when someone is in the office is often naturally created by the need to commute, the need to travel in um, to work and go home from work in the evening. But the restrictions about leaving home in the morning, such as getting kids ready for school and making sure we're back at home in time to cook dinner, have gone by the wayside while we work from the kitchen table. We perhaps have been carrying on doing these things whilst working, which means that many of us are then continuing to work into the evening and are not disconnecting from work. And as I said, this is all compounded by the technology that we now have. There is often no escaping work. Our mobile devices are always pinging through messages, be they emails or text messages or work WhatsApp groups. It, for, for many of many people, it just simply doesn't stop. And this all creates a pressure to always be engaged, always be connected, always be responsive, always being available, always being the one that is more available than our colleagues because we're pushing for that promotion or we're pushing for that bonus. Will our managers look at us in a poorer light if we're answering messages in the evening? 
there has been some research into the effects of the way uh, that we're all working and our feeling uh, and the feeling of our obligation to always respond. Now, some of these studies have shown that those of us who continue to respond to work communications after 9pm have a worse quality of sleep, are less engaged and less productive at work the following day. And there can always, sorry, there can all, yes, there can always be increased anxiety and stress in employees simply because of the increased expectation from employers to be connected, to be online, to be contactable, even if we aren't having to do any work that day. It is just the being on standby that creates this anxiety and stress and then has the consequential impact on our family lives. Um, of course, this then clearly has a disproportionate effect on working women. So because of all these pressures and the change in work and technology, there are campaigns in the UK and also overseas to introduce codes of practice and also legislation to provide protection to employees. The campaign body in the UK is called the Right to Disconnect UK. They are campaigning for legislation to be introduced in the UK to enable employees to digitally disconnect from work outside of their normal working hours. Now, they're basing their campaign on the legislation that has already been introduced in France uh, and also in Italy. Uh, there is also legislation in the Philippines and also in Ireland. Um, or should I say, actually, to be particularly correct, um, there is a consultation process in relation to the legislation in Ireland. But in Ireland, there is also uh, a code of practice that has been published by the Workplace Relations Commission. And if you want to have a look at that code of practice, and it is quite a useful code of practice and a good starting point uh, for you as an employer if you're uh, looking at uh, implementing perhaps right to disconnect policies or just simply encouraging employees to disconnect, uh, that code of practice is available from www.workplacerelations.ie. So, what do these other pieces of legislation look like? Well, in France, the legislation is set out in a flexible way to reflect the differing nature of work in different types of businesses. But what the law does require employers with more than 50 employees to do is to publish information on their mandatory annual negotiation, um, which is commonly referred to in France as the MAN. Now, the MAN is a document which employers must publish to cover matters such as gender equality and the nature of quality of life at work. Um, it's certainly not lost on me that the, the fact that this document is called the MAN and covers matters such as gender equality is, is quite interesting in itself. Um, under this right to disconnect legislation, which came into force in 2017, employers must set out their procedures and mechanisms for regulating the use of digital tools with a view to ensuring respect for rest periods and leave as well for personal and family life. This statement uh, should be agreed with the trade unions. Uh, and in the absence of any such agreement, the employer must also publish what is called a Charter of Good Conduct. Um, and this would uh, particularly be uh, in places where perhaps trade unions aren't, uh, aren't applicable because this Charter of Good Conduct is produced following consultation with employee representatives. 
and there are also requirements to train staff on these rules and to raise awareness on them as well. So that's France. So it's quite a comprehensive, um, albeit quite light touch approach because it's not actually necessarily dictating that people must be disconnected. But what it's simply doing is that it's providing guidance uh, and transparency to employees about the approach that employers take to uh, the right to disconnect outside of working hours. So turning to Italy. So in Italy, the government has introduced a measure to, quote, safeguard non-entrepreneurial self-employment and measure to facilitate flexible articulation in time and places of subordinate employment and breathe. So in a similar way to French law, I mean, cutting through the, um, the, the slightly um, complex and, and, and clumsy way that, that that's phrased. In a similar way to French law, this requires employers to publish an agreement on work which includes some form of the right to disconnect. So it, this agreement must set out the way in which the performance of work outside of the premises of the company including with regard to the forms of the exercise of the executive power the employer has and the tools of the works. So what we mean by that is that the, the agreement must identify rest periods as well as technical and organisational measures taken to ensure that the, the, uh, uh, the worker is disconnected from digital devices. So it's a, it's a slightly less um, simple and clear way, but effectively it's still doing the same because it's simply requiring the employer to again publish information about the right that employer, sorry, not employers, employees have uh, to disconnect. And then finally, turning to the Philippines, um, which of course has taken um, perhaps a slightly different approach given that uh, uh, they are not in the European Union and aren't taking the quite consistent line that France and Italy are doing. So in the Philippines, the law there provides effectively a protection against detrimental treatment, such as being reprimanded, punished, or otherwise subjected to disciplinary action if the employee um, disregards a work-related communication sent after work hours. Um, now, whilst this is subject to the terms and conditions of a policy to be established by the employer, what this in fact does is it, in, you know, in many ways um, replicates the uh, protection that, for example, is in UK law in the, uh, in the Employment Rights Act, where um, employees aren't allowed to be subjected to any detriment if they make a complaint about health and safety, um, for exercising their rights, um, say, under whistleblowing legislation, um, or exercising right to statutory time off, all of those kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's effectively mirroring um, one of the provisions that the, that the UK has in terms of detriment under the Employee Relations Act, but has actually attached it directly to the disregarding or ignoring of a work-related communication sent after hours. Um, which is a really interesting step. I mean, obviously, that's the most... Um, uh, legislative step that has been taken um, in the world so far um, because as you can see from the uh, from, from the France and Italy uh, examples that have been put in place there 
that those are simply it's not that it's simply only guidance but but the requirement on the employer is simply to publish guidance publish an agreement uh, in relation to the right to, to disconnect I suppose in the same way that in this country we have the uh, under the Modern Slavery Act and under the Modern Slavery Act employers are required to publish on their website um, what steps they have taken to abolish modern slavery within their organization and within their supply chains um, but of course if you haven't done anything then it's not actually sorry the modern slavery bit isn't you know it's not requiring employers to actually take steps it's just requiring employees sorry employers to actually say what it is they are doing about it um, so the Italy, Italian and French measures are, are fairly similar to that, whereas the Filipino measure is very different. It is legislative. It is providing protection for employees who ignore communication sent after after work hours. So it's a very interesting uh, interesting approach uh, that's being taken uh, in the Philippines. So bringing that back to the UK, so what does the campaign in the UK look like and what is the campaign asking the government to do? Well, what the campaign is proposing is that the Employment Rights Act 1996, as I've already referenced, is amended to stop employers from requiring employees to stay connected, to stop employers from requiring employees to keep checking their, uh, their emails, to keep checking their phones for text messages. Um, or to take calls outside of working hours. Effectively looking to mirror the existing rights not to be subjected to a detriment for things such as blowing the whistle, health and safety and trade union matters that I've just, I've just mentioned. Um, and of course, if that was the protection that was brought into place, then individuals could then issue a tribunal claim if they were in fact then subjected to a detriment. The campaign is also proposing flexibility across industries to reflect the fact that some industries could not feasibly operate under such severe restrictions. But of course, what this does do is it brings into question, well, what are we calling contractual hours and what, what are we calling the requirement to be contactable? And if we therefore, it, it would a simple way around it for an employer just be to provide a contractual requirement to be contactable during particular hours and so therefore if we're then um, if that's then provided for in the contract of employment then to what extent would any uh, legislation then be able to provide for the fact that they've been treated to a detriment for not complying with their contract of employment so it'd be an interesting um, it's very interesting arguments that would that would sit around um, this now as I said this is simply a campaign that is being um, pursued at the moment by the Right to Disconnect UK organisation. There is no government consultation document or similar at this stage. And so therefore we are a some way off, I would say probably a significant way off, this ever becoming legislation. But such campaigns are often the precursor to a consultation if the campaign is successful. Um, now, unsurprisingly, the campaign appears to be focused on convincing the Labour Party to adopt this as a policy stance. Um, they haven't done so yet, but um, we'll certainly uh, keep an eye on developments to see if, if that is something that could change in the future. As I said, if you want to know more about this topic, I certainly would recommend the publication from the Workplace Relations Commission of Ireland. 
um, the the, uh, the website address I did give you a little bit earlier, but I'll just repeat it again now, which is www.workplacerelations.ie. Um, it's a very useful document that provides some very practical uh, pointers for any organization that actually just wants to be proactive in this area and wants to, um, uh, wants to actually address the uh, right of their employees to disconnect because you know as I've said for, for you know for health and safety reasons for mental health reasons for um, to perhaps stress and anxiety issues that that can come from being um, connected all of the time and of course everyone then feels obliged that they've just got to uh, remain connected as much as the next person and and if they are the ones that are being that are disconnecting or not responding to emails out of hours or texts out of hours or calls from their boss out of hours then that will affect their 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 career or the way that they are viewed or their bonuses. Um, and whilst of course the going back to the workplace relations um, commission document from Ireland, whilst of course that is um, not a legal analysis of the uh, law in the UK, uh, and all of the commentary around it is also focused on the law in Ireland rather than the uh, the UK. It, it does include guidance to employers for the creation of a disconnect policy. Um, and so, as I said, if you are looking yourselves to take a lead in this area, then please do get in touch with us as we can help you with the drafting of such a policy uh, and also help you with the consultation with your own employer reps um, and to uh, help them to understand uh, the importance of this policy, the approach that you're taking uh, to this as a policy and to raise awareness of its importance. Um, so if you need any help with that, then then obviously do get in touch. But I hope you found that useful. I know that isn't strictly a, a legal update as such because this isn't this isn't about law. This is about the way that we are uh, approaching the, the the management of our employees post post pandemic. Um, as we have all been working from home so much and these boundaries have become so blurred between, uh, between work and home life. Obviously, in many ways, creating a level of flexibility that perhaps as workers we haven't had the, um, we haven't experienced that flexibility perhaps because things have become less rigid and perhaps we're then in this sort of quid pro quo situation of the employer giving some flexibility during the traditional nine to five to um, take little Johnny to school um, or to go to the dentist, etc., etc., because it doesn't have the same impact on work. And so, therefore, there is this expectation that you are then going to be contactable um, out of hours. But obviously, that can then get out of hand and it can be something that is then potentially um, either be exploited by the employer or just become a bone of contention between the employer and the employee or employees. So, anyway, have to think about it. Food for thought. Um, uh, our next uh, podcast uh, will be our legal update uh, please don't miss our webinar which will be taking place um, on the 27th of October if you're listening to this after the 27th of October then please do go on to our YouTube channel you'll be able to uh, watch the update uh, there um, just go onto YouTube and search um, Matt's Employment Law and HR Update and you will find it um, and obviously if you do find it click on subscribe and then you'll be updated with uh, any of the new video updates and webinars and seminars that we deliver online. So anyway, like I said, hope you found that useful and uh, look forward to uh, 
having you download me again soon. Thanks very much. Bye.